welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I want to show you some things here that I'll tell you exactly what is in just a minute. But before we do that, let's pray and we'll get the fullness out of this. Father, we're asking as we move forward now in your service that we would experience exactly what heaven wants us to experience. You know the pains, the problems, the trials, the tribulations, the things we've been through, things we're going through, things that are around the corner. And you will equip us today. You will, you will help us mightily today. We will get through all of it. We will overcome. You are greater than all. And we trust you, Father God, with all of our hearts. Help us with the Word of God today. Help us with manifestations of the Holy Spirit today. Demonstrations of the Spirit. Father, we want your perfect will. And we thank you that it's happening. And by the time this service is over, we will be helped, healed, strengthened, blessed, delivered, corrected if need be. And boy, life will be better. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn with me in your Bible. Let's start at Matthew 23. <clears throat> you know, I'm not sure if we have the NLT version. Um, I think that's the New Living. I'm not sure. We'll have to see if you guys have it. If you have the New Living translation, I don't think it's the New Life translation. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 23. And we're going to look at verse 37. The Lord gave me a word for the church in 2019 on our way back from the West Coast. I think it was the West Coast, or it was in the Summerlin area in Nevada, um, on the airplane. And I shared it on a family day. It was like a 20-minute sermon, and there were kids in here, and, and I knew we had to share something that would keep their attention, too. And, and so I'm going I'm to share the same thing today, but the Lord's going to expound on it because the times we're living in is calling for it. It's a very interesting phrase, and I'll share it with you in just a second. But I want you to read this scripture first in Matthew chapter 23. And I'm going to read verse 37. Do you, you guys do have that translation. Let's go ahead and see if that's the right one. If you have 2337. Yeah, this is it. Check this out. Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, stones God's messengers, Jesus said, How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me protect you. Isn't it interesting? It didn't say God wouldn't protect them. They wouldn't let him protect them. Can we not let God protect us? Yes. What happens if we don't let Him protect us? He won't protect you. Now, I think a lot of people are ignorantly not letting God protect them. They don't know that what they're doing is actually putting themselves in a place where God can't help them. And then there's some people that do know certain scriptures and they're just refusing to believe them and that's them not letting God help them. You know, it's not so much... 
Pastor, how do I get God to protect me from the coronavirus? Pastor, how do I get God to protect me from these crazy people that are shooting people? It's not get God, it's let God. What can we do to let God protect us more? Anybody interested? Go put the scripture back up there. Look, look at it one more time. He's telling the, the people of his day, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You guys are in a mess, man. You're killing the prophets. You're doing all this crazy stuff. And what's he saying to these murderers of God's people? I, I, I still want to help you guys, but you're going to have to change some things about your killing the prophets and all this other stuff. He, it's so interesting that God's word to people who were killing his prophets was still a hopeful word. Yes. Wow! Who wouldn't want to serve God? Right. Oh my goodness! He said, oh you guys who kills the prophets and, and you stone God's messengers. How often I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. I say we let God protect us. Anybody want to know how we can let him protect us more? Now, I'm going to tell you this morning, God's going to want to not just, well, let me put it this way. God's going to want to mess with your life today. Good. Good. Not just certain little outward habits. He wants to mess with your core. Is that okay? Yes. Everything you want can't be fixed through a prayer. I'm going to tell you right now. Everything you need and want can't just be fixed. So, Pastor, pray for me. If you want permanent help, <clears throat> you're going to have to make sure your life is where He wants your life to be. I mean, we're in the last days. It's There needs to be some detaching from a lot of what's going on in the world that Christians are involved with. It doesn't mean anything in light of eternity. It's not going to help you when the pressure comes. There's a lot of stuff. And I think most people would love to just make those adjustments if they knew what their, those adjustments were. Or you wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. You wouldn't come on a Wednesday night. I mean, come on. You obviously want the will of God. And I think it's just knowing what it is is going to solve so much of these problems. We're going to talk about that. So read it one more time. It said, How I've wanted to gather you under my wings like a chick to protect you but you wouldn't let me I don't know why God didn't protect them maybe they didn't let him protect them maybe they didn't know that certain things that were a part of their life was actually not allowing God to protect them so turn now to Psalm 91, and here's the title. And some of you, you've been in the church, you've heard this. I believe the Lord brought this back up in me because of the times we're living in. And it's an interesting word, but you'll, you'll understand it as we go on. So the title of this message is, Jesus is in trouble. Jesus is in trouble. He ain't in trouble because he did something wrong. But he is in trouble for a very, very mondo reason. What do you mean he's in trouble? He's in trouble to do something for others that are in trouble. See, a lot of us get in trouble because we've made dumb mistakes and dumb decisions. But at the same time, you can be in trouble for serving God with all your heart. Just the devil putting pressure on you, trying to stir up people to mess you up. But e either way, no, no matter why you're in trouble, somebody else is there with you. 
See, Jesus is in trouble. We're not talking about him doing something wrong. We're talking about being where you are when all hell breaks loose to get you out. Most people are not looking to the Lord for deliverance and that's, and that's not letting God help them out. Okay, let, me, let me say it this way. Jesus wants to help everybody out of trouble, but not everybody's letting him help them out of trouble. Number one reason is they're not acknowledging that he's with them in the trouble. And they're not looking to him for the help that he's offering them. One thing about the Lord, you know, he's not like demon spirits that drive in force. The Lord's not going to make anybody get saved. He's not going to make anybody be protected. He's not going to make anybody be healed. He's got to get you to want it and open the door so he can. So, Psalm 91. And I want you to remember the last verse we just read about the wings of the hen. Yes. And the chicks under the wings, where there's protection and safety. Right? Look how these two scriptures go together. Psalm 91 and verse 1. He that dwells or remains, you know, not just visits. Well, I'll go to church on Sunday and I'm going to do my own thing and then I'll run back to church when all hell breaks loose. No. If you want the blessings of this psalm, you're going to have to do more than just run to the Lord when you're in trouble. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, the rest of this psalm is contingent upon just being sold out to God. I mean, I think a lot of people try to do what Kenneth Hagin did, but they didn't live like he lived, and so they don't see the results he saw. Well, I'm going to have the faith that, that uh, Kenneth Copeland has, or I'm going to have the faith that Billy Graham has, but if you don't have the life they have, you're not going to see the results they saw. Nope. Faith principles are great, but they can't take the place of you being sold out to God. Right. You know what I mean? Sold out to God? You love Him with everything you've got. You're willing to change anything, anytime. Go anywhere, stay anywhere, do whatever. Seeking Him every day. Love His things more than anything of this world. Right? Church is actually fun, not a duty. If church is a duty instead of fun, if it's duty only, you have a problem inside. The outward problem of church being a duty is not the big problem. The, the big problem is why is it a duty? Why is it not a delight to do what your Lord wants you to do? Why is it not a delight to meet together and worship the King and hang out with other believers of like precious faith? Why is it not a delight to serve? That's the big problem is why, not what. So he says, if, you're gonna, if you want the rest of the psalm to work for you, you're going to have to just really, God's really just going to have to be first. And in verse 2 it says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress and my God, in Him will I trust. <clears throat> I will say comes before the rest of the psalm. I want to show you again how important it is. If you want God to be able to protect you, you're going to have to say some things that almost everybody on this planet isn't saying, including most church people. Don't let the devil say, oh, you're weird. Nobody else confesses the word like you. 
tell the devil, you're weird, devil, for rebelling against God and heading to the lake of fire forever. You're weird. <laughs> like, I'm weird, you're weird. <laughs> Next time the devil tells you you're weird, just say you're weird. <laughs> Amen. I mean, come on, rebelling against God, that's about as weird and dumb as it gets. <clears throat> Satan is going to try to tell you you're strange because you're going to be doing some things most people on this planet aren't doing. Did you ever notice, though, most people on this planet struggle with sickness every time sickness comes around? Struggle with fear and depression every time that junk comes around? Why would we want to be like most people? Most people are in a mess. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Why would you want to be like the majority? The majority is a mess. But I'm, I'll be different if I go to church that much. I'll be different if I confess the word that much. Well, different and healed. Right? Different and strong. Amen. Different and marriage heaven on earth. Yeah. I think different is good. Did Arby's have that slogan? Different is good? Different is good. Yeah. Are you kidding me? The majority today is in a mess. Why would we want to be like the majority? Right. We want to help the majority. Yeah. So, keep reading here. So we're going to have to say something if we want victory. Surely, you know, if you're one of these confession, possession people, surely God's going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Yes. <laughs> right? How many want to be delivered from the snare of the fowler? Yes. Or the prowler? Or the boogeyman? <laughs> or crazy people with guns? Yes. How many want to be free and protected from all that junk? Then you have to say something. You have to live a certain way and you have to say something. He's not talking about being perfect either, okay? Don't, don't get dwelling in the secret place of the Most High with perfection. He's just talking about being really close to the one you love more than anyone in this universe. Alright. He said, Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome epidemic. Go ahead. Anybody want... Now deliver in the Hebrew means protect. If you're not in it or, at, or brought out of it if you are in it. Deliver is more than just delivering you out of a problem. It's also protecting you from a problem. And you'll see that as we go on. And especially if you dive into the original meanings of these words. So he'll deliver... Sure, everybody say surely. 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 What does that mean? It's impossible for this not to happen. When God says surely, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence, what can you do? You can throw all worry aside and say everything's going to be all right. Yes. While your body's screaming pain or people around you are screaming fear, you know that's got to change because surely, surely, he'll deliver you. Anybody interested in just being protected from the pestilence? Yes. He shall cover you with his feathers. There's a little hen and the chickies right there. <laughs> right? He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings shall you trust. Now, you can get from out under his wings. And experience problems. And that's not the hen's fault. Just like you can get under an umbrella and be protected from the rain. But if you get out from under the umbrella and you get wet and struck with lightning, it's not the umbrella's fault. Why, why are we blaming God if we're getting out from under His protection? Why are we blaming God if we're getting out from under His wings? 
Did you know since you've been a born-again Christian, you still have free will and you can go places you shouldn't go and do things you shouldn't do? Yeah. Did you notice that? Did you notice that as a born-again Christian, right now, as a born-again Christian, promised full protection, full blessing, did you know right now you could go in a part of town you know is a bad part of town and be mugged? Why didn't the Lord protect me? Newsflash. He got out from under his wings. He went somewhere you knew you shouldn't have gone. So much of divine protection is being led by the Spirit of God. Well, I'm quoting scriptures. I'm saying, no evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling. And, and you start heading off to, to work and the Spirit of God says, don't go that way today. And you just keep quoting, no, it doesn't matter. I can go anywhere I want. But, you know, his angels are going to protect me. His angels are going to protect me. Bam, somebody runs a stop sign and you're put in hospital. I don't know what happened. I was quoting scriptures that the Lord would protect me. Yeah, and quoting those scriptures helped you to hear his voice. Don't go that way today. Right. But you still went that way. You can't override the leading of the Holy Spirit right. with confessions. Right. Just as, as important as they are, like we just said... A lot of confessing the scriptures is going to make you more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if a turn needs to be made, you'll hear it and go that way. Are you following? We want to, we want to make sure everything's balanced here. Being led by the Spirit of God. So confessing scriptures is going to help you avoid problems and pitfalls. But when the Spirit of God says, take a left turn, you can't just keep going straight and confessing scriptures. You've got to take that left turn that your confession of scriptures made you sensitive to. Okay, so let's read here. You ready? He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you'll trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Truth is his word. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. I guess today we could say bullets. Right? What do you say about that? You shall not be afraid. What if you're afraid? Go back to the previous verses and get to the place where you're not afraid. The only reason I think Christians are afraid is because they know they're not living the way God wants them to live. They're not dwelling in the secret place. They're visiting. Going when they have time. When it's convenient. Praying when they have time. No, you've got to make time. You know there's a delete button on your schedule. You can delete anything you want. Right? So he says, You'll not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow or the bullets that fly by day. You won't be afraid for the pestilence or epidemic, it says, that walks in darkness. And you won't be afraid for the destruction that wastes at noonday. This is so, so similar to what's going on on earth right now. Thousands shall fall at your side with these plagues and pestilence and arrows and bullets. And ten thousand shall fall at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hmm. Anybody bold enough to say that over your life? Yes. Say it with me. No evil. Wait, wait, what did I say? A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it won't come near me. This is not a fairy tale. This is reality. It happened in Egypt. Remember? They put the blood on the, uh, the lamb on the doorpost of their house. They all stayed and ate their food. And the death angel passed over them and went to Egypt and killed all the firstborn. It couldn't kill anybody. They had the blood on their doorposts. And I figure if the blood of an animal 
which is a type of Christ, could keep them from the death plague. How much more can the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, protect us from a plague or a disease that comes on this planet? Huh? We need to build ourselves up in these end times so that when these things happen, we're not afraid. You can tell where you're at with God by your fear level. If these things start happening and you're afraid, get closer to God. Put Him more, more priority in your life. Delete some things so you can. Don't just cram it in. So now what does He say? A thousand will fall at your side with these plagues and pestilence. Ten thousand at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Who? The one who says, the Lord is my refuge, my fortress. <clears throat> Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, you're not going to have to stab them with the sword. You're just going to see them fall. The reward of the wicked, you're not going to have to fight this battle. He says, because you have made the Lord. Oh, because you have made the Lord which is my refuge, even the Most High, your visitation. Oh, I'm sorry, did that say habitation? See, this is the key right here. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. What are you talking about here? Selling out. This is where you live. God's not a part of your life. He is your life. If you have time for other things... Great. If not, God's your life. Too many people have, too many people, they are their life, and God is a part of their life. God needs to be our life, and everything else needs to be part if there's room. He's telling you right here how these things work. And this is why there's so many Christians that are frustrated. Oh, it doesn't seem like prayer works. And it doesn't seem like my tithing and giving works. And it doesn't seem like going to church works. And it, well, you're trying to get what only God being your habitation will produce. It didn't say He is your visitation. I think most people are living their life and they visit God once or twice a week. No, that's, that, that, that's how you don't see these things happen in your life. Well, but I just wanted to have fun. Newsflash. God created fun. (laughs) And in His presence is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, pleasures forevermore. The devil lies to people all the time and says, If you really serve God with all your heart, you won't like it. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but I think you'll like your joy full. Peace that passes understanding. The Bible says if you serve the Lord, it says in Job, it says, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. Pleasures. How many of that sound good? So if you have a thought or a feeling that comes to you and says, if you really do what pastor's talking about in those putting God first messages, you won't like it. (laughs) What should you do? You should go, shut up, up, you liar, loser. I believe God. Come on, let God show you how amazing this life is. Just live it and watch Him show you. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, the psalmist said, even the Most High, your habitation, therefore... Oh, excuse me, there shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Huh. Huh. Who's this work for? Those that believe it. 
Not, not, not those that just want it to work. Not those that know this scripture. You've got to believe this. The first, verse 2 says, In Him will I trust. Trust. Say, I believe it. No evil shall befall me, nor any plague come near my dwelling. It won't happen. Can't happen. My father didn't lie to me. Say that. Just, just wax bold and say this. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to be sick. The Lord is my habitation. The Lord is my habitation. Not just my visitation. Not just my visitation. A lot of people are trying to get from God what only living for Him will produce. Amen. They're trying to get it through prayer. They're trying to get it through confessions only. And like we said, confessions are powerful. But wh wh where should these confessions be coming from? A heart that's living for God. Right? Amen. Now, can we just take a little pause here? Let me just say this. We are not teaching divine protection because we're afraid to die. No, no way. Okay, we, we need to make this really clear. Why would we be afraid to die when the Bible says to depart and be with Christ is far better than anything on this planet? Why would we be afraid to die? Fear of death is bondage. And when you overcome the fear of death by believing what, what the Lord did for you and said about you, you're, you're free from bondage in every other area of your life. You know, you know what for, fear of flying is? Nobody's afraid to fly. They're afraid to crash and die. That's what they're afraid of. I'm afraid of flying. No, flying's amazing. Yeah. There's a little fear behind the scenes saying, what if it crashes? What if it dies? Uh, newsflash, far better. <laughs> right? But what happens if the plane crashes? Uh, far better. To depart and be with Christ is far better. But, why do we want to believe in divine protection? Because we have a kingdom job to do. Hmm? And we're encouraging everybody and anybody to not check out early because we'll have to do your job. And we don't want to do your job. <laughs> you, know what I mean by, you know what I mean by check out early? Come on. Why, why should we be interested in divine protection? Because we have a job to do. And that job includes helping people primarily get to heaven. Doing our part in the body of Christ so the body of Christ can be strong. You know, here, here's an interesting thought. One, the Bible says, one person can put a thousand enemies to flight. I mean, go, praise the Lord. But the Bible says in the same verse, two can put 10,000 to flight. Well, no duh why the devil's trying to separate you from me and me from you and you from her and her from her and him from me. No wonder why. He's trying to eliminate the 10 times more powerful church. He'll do everything in his power to get two people separated or to get somebody out of the church or out of the place they're supposed to. Why? Because he just decreased the power of the church tenfold. What if we stay together? We increase the power of God against enemies tenfold. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. Amen. Glory to God. That's amazing. Got to watch out about division. Got to watch out about breaking rank. Got to watch out about offense. Because we need to be together in these last days. And this scripture here, he says, 
in verse 9, because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation, there shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For God will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. There's a whole lesson there. Thank God for angels. Amen. We were having some uh, fellowship with our neighbors last night and had a good time over there. And we were fellowshipping. We got talking about angels, actually, and um, a little bit about angels after they started talking about all their haunted house stories. And it was very intriguing. Um, but <laughs> now I'm just sitting there. All these scriptures are coming. I'm saying, praise God. I invited them all to church. I believe they're going to come. Um, huh? They might be watching. They might be watching right now. Um, wonderful. Love these people greatly. And uh, we were talking about angels and, you know, the world, and I guess maybe it's demon inspired. You know, I think angels are little naked babies with bow and arrows or something. They're like, boing, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> angels are like 12 feet tall creatures of power who love God's people. And they war against demons on our behalf. They bring powerful things from heaven to earth on our behalf. They're amazing and they're great and they're powerful. And the Lord spoke to us recently in some, some prayer meetings that we're going to see more manifestations of angels and angelic help is going to come to an all-time high in these last days. And, and I'm just going to tell you one reason because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. We're living in very interesting and dangerous times and the angels are about to excel in strength on behalf of those who are talking right. All right. Verse 13. Hey, you, you that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you that have made the Lord your habitation, not just your visitation. Hey, you that are saying, saying something, the Lord's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him shall I trust. You, you, you're going to tread upon the lion and the adder figurative of demon forces, and the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet, because he or you have set his, your love upon him. God's talking now. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Now notice verse 15. God said he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Jesus said I'll be with you in trouble. Where's Jesus? He's in trouble. Turn to your neighbor and say Jesus is in trouble. I'm telling you man. Jesus, Jesus is in trouble. Not because he did something wrong, but because he wants to get you out. And you're not going to see his help if you don't acknowledge that he's there because you won't turn to him. You'll more likely take the worry road or the fear road. And that's not God not helping you. That's you getting on a road away from his help. Jesus didn't say, don't worry. It's just a good idea. Not He said, you better not worry so I can help you. Leave the door open. God works through faith. People getting off the road of faith and on the road to worry is not God not coming through for them. It's people turning away from His help. You know, they wouldn't let me help them because they got on a road away from my help. Worry, let me put it this way. Don't worry is not just a good idea. It's life-saving. The words, don't worry, is not just a comforting saying. It's a life-saving saying. When the Lord said, don't worry, He wasn't saying, try not to worry. Everything's going to be all right. He was saying, you better not worry so I can keep helping you. 
if you read through the scriptures, you'll find out that one of the number one ways God helps us is when we stay in faith and refuse to worry and fear. So, look at it again. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. One more scripture before we close. Can you handle some more? Go to Daniel chapter 3. You know, really, to worry that you might not make it through is really to doubt God's love for you. You got to watch out about doubting the love of God when the Bible says to believe in the love of God. What do you mean, believe in the love of God? Go past knowing, number one. Knowing isn't believing. Just because you know God loves you doesn't mean you're going to lean your entire life on His love. The next crisis comes that says you're going to die. You say, well, if I lean on His love, what if, what if He doesn't catch me? What if He doesn't catch me? No such thing. No such thing as God not catching you if you're leaning toward Him. He's not like some of these people. Come on. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> Daniel, you know, I was hoping that we would have put Daniel in our Bible reading before we went to the New Testament. We have to catch it after the New Testament. We'll do it next time. But Daniel is one of those books, and Jonah, you know, those books we're going to want to put in our Bible reading if we don't read the whole Old Testament again. But Daniel chapter three. All right, let me just give you a little background here. Um, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, is completely impressed with four men, four Jewish men. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's so impressed with these guys because they're like the smartest, the wisest, the sharpest people in the whole kingdom. And these are people that were brought from Jerusalem into captivity, into Babylon, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar overthrew Jerusalem. So, these four guys are totally sold out to God. I mean, so sold out to God, they're not even, they, they just decided, we're not going to eat the king's meat, we're not going to drink the king's wine, just give us pulse, just give us this, just give us that. And uh, long story short, the, the guy that was above them said, okay, but my head's going to be on the line if this doesn't work. So, after 10 days, they tried the new diet, and they looked better than all the other people in the kingdom, and they were smarter than all the others, and the king loved Daniel, loved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed. These guys are up there in politics. I mean, way up there. Daniel would be like prime minister probably of the whole realm under only Nebuchadnezzar. And so these guys are just sharp. They're bright. The king's got them on staff. They're doing amazing things. But, you know, the king probably had too much wine one day. And he decides in verse 1, Daniel 3, 1, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits. That's about 90 feet tall. The breadth there about six cubits. That's about nine feet wide. He set it in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. <laughs> So he had all his guys make this big 90-foot god out of gold or whatever. <laughs> and so they go forth and, you know, they gather all these people. Verse 4, Then a herald cried aloud, 
To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the heart, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, the all kinds of music, you need to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. Stop right here. Just because the world loves you now doesn't mean it's not going to tempt you to go their way and do something against your God later. Listen closely here. This is a major lesson for people that are real successful in the world. High up in the world. The very people that love you are going to do something dumb one of these days. And they're going to try to get you to do that dumb thing. And the only way that you'll be able to say no to it is if you stand up for your Jesus. Amen. You, you and I, we will be tempted. The world is going to tempt us to do something they're doing at the expense of our honor toward our God. You listening to me? What do you do at a time like that? Well, you stay committed to God. What if I lose my job? These guys almost lost their life. What do you do? What would you rather lose, your job or your God? Because you don't have two options here. You leave your honor for God and do what the world's pressuring you to do so you don't lose your job, you don't lose this, you don't lose your reputation, you don't lose all these people being nice to you. You don't want people to be your friends if they want you to dishonor your God. Are you listening to me? And these guys were pressured. And this shows their commitment to God. I mean, they're, they're probably making bucks. Are you talking about money? I mean, Nebuchadnezzar is the richest guy probably on the planet. And they're working directly for him. And these guys are like well off, probably have palaces and mansions and everything they've ever wanted. But the king one day says, all right, all you guys, including Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, all right, all right. I made this God. And the herald said in verse 5, but what time you hear all these things, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king set up. Verse 6. Whoever falls not down and worships. Do you realize if they would have fell down and worshipped this God, they would have been dishonoring the God of heaven. Whoso falls not down and worships the same hour will be cast into the middle of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people of the nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man, when they hear the... <laughs> Verse 11. And whoso falls not down and worships, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded you. They serve not your gods, nor do they worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sack, the psalter, the tulsimer. <laughs> I love how the Bible just goes in such detail. He says, he says, if you fall down, now notice, if you fall down and worship the image that I have made, it'll be well with you. But if you don't worship, you'll be cast the same hour 
into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Now, this is where already living for God comes in real handy. Because your reply at a time like this will tell you where you're at with God. See, this isn't just something you can stir up at the moment of persecution. You had better had already been living for God. Amen. To answer like these guys answered. Do you realize what they're facing here? Anybody realize what they're facing? They're facing a fire. Right? Death by fire. A burning. A public burning. So the king says, who's going to deliver you out of my hands, you little Jewish boys? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, we don't even have to think about it. Now, where'd that come from? A life that has already been sold out for God for years. They were set. To them, it wasn't even a question. Now, okay, guys, now, now... Now, if we bow down, I'm sure God will forgive us. And then, you know, we have these palaces and all this gold and our families are taken care of. And maybe, maybe God will understand, you know. And, you know, we've got to stay in this position to help Babylon later, you know, because, you know, we're probably the only people of God here. And so we've got to figure out what to do. He said, we don't have to think about it. Yeah. Don't even have to think about it. Yeah. You're saying if we don't bow down, you're going to throw us in the fire, right? Don't even have to think about it. Don't even have to think about it. You want to see a confession of somebody who sold out to God? when they're faced with execution. You ready? Verse 17. If it be so, now stop right there, if what be so? If he throws him in the fire. If you throw us in the fire, our God's going to deliver us. Now let's listen closely here. He's telling the, he's telling the king, King, if it be so, if you throw us in the fire, our God is able to deliver us. You know that's what he's talking about if you throw us in the fire because God's able to deliver. They know. They've read the Old Testament. They've read Psalm 91. I want you to think about Psalm 91 as we read on here. You ready? They said, King, if you throw us in the fire, our God, whom we serve... Everybody say, whom we serve. Whom we serve. There's benefits to serving the Lord that you can't claim if you're just a child of God. If it be so, if you do throw us in, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Now stop right there. What are they doing? They're quoting Psalm 91. He will deliver us. Remember Psalm 91.15? Can somebody turn to it real quick? Psalm 91.15? Just one, one person? Psalm 91. What did they say? He will deliver us. What did 91.15 say? He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him. Okay. I will deliver him. Psalm 91 says, I will deliver him in trouble. Yep. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are quoting Psalm 91. Yeah. He will deliver us. Yes. What are they doing? They're saying what God said. That's right. And they're believing it. They're saying, You throw us in the fire, our God's able to deliver us and he will deliver us. You got that? Amen. See, it's all about being thrown in the fire or not. They had no doubt that God was going to deliver them. Are you listening? He says, if you throw us in the fire, 
Our God's able to deliver us, and He will deliver us. Next verse. But if not, if not what? If you don't throw us in the fire, we're still not going to serve your dumb gods. If you throw us in, He's going to deliver us. If you don't throw us in, we're still not serving your gods. He's not saying, oh, if God doesn't deliver us. They're not schizophrenic. They just said He's going to deliver us. Amen. A lot of people have interpreted this as saying, if, but if not, well, look, look at their commitment. Even if God didn't deliver them. And, and I'm sure that was in their heart, of course. That, that underlying commitment is totally there. But in this situation here, he's saying, if you throw us in, we're getting out. If you don't throw us in, we're not serving your dumb God. A lot of people don't understand that. They, 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 was he, well, they, they didn't know for sure if God was going to deliver them or not. They knew exactly what God was going to do. They were walking with Him. They believed God didn't lie. Is God going to say, I'll deliver you, and then not deliver you? No. Come on. Yeah, but, but what if they died? Well, then they're still delivered. <laughs> but He's talking here about this. And you know what it is, because look how it plays out. Look how it pans out. You guys, do you, do you realize this is a part of Earth's history? This is not just a story. This really happened in our past. You know, back before all this technological craziness got us dull to the supernatural. You know, when people walked with God and, and, and talked with Him as they were walking to the job with their sandals and no TV and no cell phone and all they're doing is communing with God, thinking about angels. Got to watch out about this technological age. It's ripping you off of spiritual sensitivity. All right? Don't, don't let it use you. You use it. And then stop it when you don't need it anymore. So, are we, where are we at? Hmm? Mm-hmm-hmm. Verse 18. But if not, if you don't throw us in, be it known unto you, O king, will not serve your gods and worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and therefore spake he and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. So now it's seven times hotter than it was. And the king commanded the most mighty men, big mistake because he lost him that day. He commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then those men were bound in their coats and their hose and their hats and their other outer garments, other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Everybody say they were thrown into trouble. Therefore, because the king's commandment was so urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire killed those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto his counselors, Did we not throw three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So everybody say Jesus is in trouble Not because he did something wrong He's there to get his people Out of trouble I mean the, the big Strong buff 
Guys died instantly when they threw them in because the fire is so hot. And these guys just file in there. The, the things come off their hands. Another person appears. Another in the fire standing next to me. Yes. Right? And they're walking in the fire. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Nice. Kind of nice. They're just walking in the fire. Oh, come on, guys. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, talking about Enoch and Moses and David and Abraham, it said there were others who quenched the violence of fire through their faith, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Quoting scripture, this is New Testament. When it said, through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. Well, how, how did it happen? Through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. Through what? Through faith. You need to rejoice because you can have faith just like they had faith. Through faith, they quenched the violence of fire. What does that mean? It means they were believing something. They didn't just know something. They didn't just read something. They were believing something. This was their life. Through faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego quenched the violence of fire. Well, if you can quench the violence of fire, you can quench the violence of a bullet. Yeah. Amen. Through faith. Kitoma, sandando previkiista preeche kiante, grema noochi, vinga leambano, cofre ichi clianto. Now, I just need to explain this for some people that might be new watching. The Bible talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues. And the Bible says, if you speak in tongues, pray that you may interpret. Here's the interpretation. These are the end times. And you're going to need to hear these things and believe these things and live in these things in the days that are upon you and the days ahead. There's no fear in my church or in the body of Christ for the protection of Almighty God is the same today as it was back then when those three Hebrew children were thrown into the fiery furnace. My protection is still available today. But you need to live your life in such a way where your faith is not hurt. Trust me. I'll be your protector. Trust me. Say what you believe and you'll see in your lifetime what they saw in their lifetime. No matter what form it may come to you, you will be protected. Oh, glory to God. You want to see the rest of this? He said, verse 25, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they're not even hurt. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes and governors and captains and kings, counselors being gathered together, saw these men upon whom, let's see, you ready? Upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was a hair of their head singed, nor were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire wasn't even, they didn't even smell like smoke. Say this, say this, the fire, fire. had no power had no over their bodies. Do you think the fourth man had anything to do with their protection? <laughs> you know it did. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him, and have ch changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, the king said, that every people, nation, language which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made dunghill. There shall be no other god that can deliver after this sword. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. It's very important, church. Listen closely. It's very, very important when pressure comes that you don't have to scurry around at the last minute and get committed to God and start saying all these things frantically out of fear. When pressure comes, you need to already be very aware that you're not alone. This is where most people aren't today. They think God's way out there somewhere. Well, if He is, it's not because He moved. <laughs> Probably because you moved. Right. Remember the bumper sticker? If God feels far away, guess who moved? <laughs> right? He's with you in trouble. You need to acknowledge that He's there. These guys weren't perfect. They were just close to God. And when the problems came, they didn't have to go stir themselves up and get a bunch of TV shows out of their brain and a bunch of video games out of their brain, a bunch of worldly thinking out of their brain. And five minutes later, you know, they're still trying to go. No, they were, they were just there. Can I just give you a word of encouragement today? Just live for God every day of your life. Be as close to Him as you possibly can. It's interesting because you can be totally sold out to God and in the midst of the corporate world. They were. They were totally sold out to God, but they were in the midst of all kinds of business right. and politics. Yeah. You don't have to be a preacher to be sold out to God. Be wherever God's called you to be. Be sold out to God. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. This is, this is not just so we can teach our kids a nice, wonderful Sunday school story. This is to help you right now. Right, right now. And if you feel like you're alone, your feelings are wrong. That's right. And if you think nobody loves you, you're believing a lie. You are always loved and you are never alone. And if you want to see the fourth man, which is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, help you out of the mess, you're going to have to acknowledge His presence and start talking a certain way. Paul prayed and 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 still had this messenger of Satan buffeting him. But when he realized, wait a second, I already got something. I need to start saying and saying and saying and saying and saying and saying His grace is sufficient for me. Mm -hmm. And when He did, the power of God came on the scene. Thank God for praying, but you better at times go into saying and start, because it doesn't get any better than the Word of God. And if you're saying the Word of God, you're going to get out of your problem. Let's stand. It's my heart, it's Carla's heart, it's the leader's heart of this church that when this service, by the time this service is over, people have received healing, they've received help, deliverance, understanding. And so, Father, we're just thankful for the healing that's flowing right now into the people. We thank you for your power to heal, to deliver, to make everything right. 
those that are watching by camera, those that are feeling pain in their bodies, those that are feeling tired or weak, we declare right now the Lord is your strength. He's your healer. In Jesus' name, as we say these words, we release our faith and declare it's happening. Come on, church, receive it. Those watching on TV, on camera, receive it. Just say, I receive the power of God. I receive the power of God right now. I receive the power of God. Here's the revelation. You ready? God doesn't love those three Hebrew children any more than he loves you. He's here to save. He's here to heal. He's here to deliver. Oh, thank you, Father. Now, just to be sure, do you all understand and realize that there's something even greater than physical protection? It's called being born again. Knowing that you know when you leave this earth, you're going up, not down. We thank God for healing in this life. We thank God for divine protection in this life. It's real. It's powerful. And yes, the Lord wants us to have it and we need it. But the greatest miracle, the greatest blessing that you could ever experience is being born again. Father, we want to make sure everybody under the sound of my voice right now is born again. If they're not, Lord, show them. If, if they think they are, but they're not, show them the truth. Help them to get right with you. You know, you all realize that being baptized in water doesn't save you. Going to a church doesn't save you. Being a good person doesn't save you. Being nice doesn't save you. Helping the poor doesn't save you. If it did, then why did Jesus die on a cross, a horrific death, go to hell and rise from the dead on the third day if good works could save us? Good works can never save us. Good works are fine. They're great, but they cannot save you. You must be born again, the Bible says. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, and those watching on camera, and this may even be in an archive later. As a matter of fact, I sense in my heart that some people are going to watch this a few days from now, and they're going to get saved by praying this prayer as well. So if you want to be born again, the Bible says you have to believe. And that's really the only requirement is believe and say. Bible says faith without action is dead. So you, you can't just believe in your heart and not do anything. Faith without action is dead. Here's a simple act of faith. If you want to be born again today, and you watch it online, if you want to be born again, tell the moderator there that you want, you're going to pray this prayer. But if you want to be born again today and take care of the biggest need in your life, then I want you right now as an act of faith Raise your hand if you want this prayer to count for you. As an act of faith, raise your hand. I know Carla said there was no visitors, but I see that hand. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Watching online, raise your hand. God will see it. Faith without action is dead. Sometimes you just got to act. And what a simple act of faith. Just raise your hand. And that will lead you to this prayer. And after this prayer, you will be saved. And nothing will be able to pluck you out of your Father's hand. 
I want to ask one more thing. Is anybody, would you like a prayer to rededicate your life to the Lord? You know you're not on the path you should be. Maybe you've been playing around with some things you know you shouldn't be playing around with. And you know, you're, you're just kind of using the excuse, well, I can be forgiven. There's some truth there, but the devil wants you to take that to extreme. Anybody that wants to pray the prayer of rededication, raise your hand if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord and be as committed as you know in your heart God wants you to be committed. Anybody else? Wow, we got a whole room full of committed people already. That's amazing. Now, if you're watching online and either one of those invitations apply to you, get ready to pray these prayers. Carl, if you'd come up here with me. I did see one hand go up. There might have been others. I might not have seen them, but I want you especially to pray this prayer. Everybody pray it with the person that raised their hand. Let's pray it as an affirmation of what we've already done and in support to what they're going to do. Those watching online, those watching later in an archive, say this, especially you that raised your hands. Say this, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe with all my heart you died for my sins and God raised you from the dead. Let it go on eternal record. I believe in you, Jesus. And I confess with my mouth you are Lord. I believe in my heart God raised you from the dead. Thank you for saving my life. If you're rededicating your life, say these words, Jesus, I come back to you. I've drifted, gotten off course. I come back. Please receive me, Lord. I know you will. Thank you for restoring me and helping me to move forward in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Father, thank you so, so much, Lord, for your mercy and your grace and your goodness and your power. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 